Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us understand how to better navigate the tumult of this very challenging life that we're all in. It is indeed challenging. One of the challenging, most challenging topics is um, the topic of uh, worship, communion on the tongue, you know, receiving, kneeling, should I do it, should I not, all that stuff. And we occasionally do talks where, like at the Avila Summit, where we cover liturgy and reverence and things like that, and we get accumulation of questions. Some of these questions I was reading them this morning, I think are from, more of them are from one person than not, just because of the way they're worded. But I didn't think they were all worthy of being addressed. So why don't we just jump in? Okay. Before we do, though, I will say this, that we, as part of our own spirituality, and I just think it's generally healthy, we're not big on criticizing priests. Gosh, having all kinds of trouble with my throat today. We're not big on criticizing priests. So if you're a priest listening, or if you're a person who tends that direction, we don't like it. We don't recommend it. Um, our approach is usually to assume the best and pray like crazy for your priest, support good priests, that sort of thing. But there are a few negative questions here, and we just want to address them. But I want to make sure folks know uh, we should uh, we should be supporting our priests. Now, in fact, I'll say this at the, at the outset: we have a had a beautiful priest in one of our parishes in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And we had a great rep, uh, great uh, rapport with the priest, great relationship. We supported him in many, many, many ways. Asked him for very little, um, but there were times. Uh, but because I think we were so supportive and asked him for very little, one time I said, Father, you know, Sacrosanctum Concilium says to, re- re- to retain the communion patent in mass, which allows for the capturing of any particles that can fall from when somebody receives Eucharist. And uh, he did it. And it was no big deal. It was an easy ask and an easy implement. Um, I don't know in our parish that we attend now in Montgomery, Alabama, our priest made that change not too long ago as well. So it, you know, if you're respectful and patient and if you give, if you tithe, if you, if you um, are supportive of your priest, if you're constantly a source of encouragement, you're much more likely to be heard than if you're a negative Nelly, uh, constantly complaining, or you have a, a, you know, just a bad attitude. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or a negative Ned. Negative Ned. I've told folks in our community, in the Apostle Via community, you know, people write in and say, I've had trouble with this in my parish. What should I do? First, fast and pray for a month. Fast and pray for your priest for a month for the graces of God to be fall upon him. And and the reason I tell people to do that is because I know for a fact as they pray for their priest, they will be changed as well. And sometimes people just change their attitude completely and don't you know, deal with it. And of course, the context of our conversation in this show and 
is Novus Ordo parishes, ordinary form parishes, because this is not an issue in um, Latin Mass parishes, and we do attend both. We attend the Latin Mass when it's available, which is uh, uh, not as much down here in Montgomery. And then we also attend an ordinary form church, so we live in both worlds. So here comes the first question. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. If the church teaches you can receive on the hand standing, how can you say that a person is more reverent or humble if they receive on the tongue kneeling? So I guess they heard me say, or you say, that it is more humble to receive on the tongue kneeling than standing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if we... It's interesting. The first uh, image that came to mind when you read the question was um, Moses when he discovers the burning bush. Yeah. And um, how the Lord speaks to him and says, remove your your shoes. Yeah. You're on, you're on, you're on holy ground. You know, this, this lowering of self, this making yourself vulnerable, you know, because to remove your shoes in the desert is to make yourself vulnerable. <clears throat> Um, because then your your feet aren't protected anymore. Um, so this this sense of lowering yourself before your God um, to become smaller, mm -hmm. uh, to place your vanity aside, yeah, um, which I think is a big thing. Is a lot of people are concerned about how they're going to look in front mm -hmm. of other people. Are people going to stare at me? You know, is the priest going to look at me strangely or whatever? Um, that certainly is a, a humiliation that you embrace and you put that aside as well. Mm -hmm. So it's this dying of self and lowering yourself in front of, um, in the presence of your God. And I think we, could, we would all probably agree that if the Lord came and presented himself um, fully, mm -hmm. you know, uh, visibly incarnate, in front of us, standing as he is in, in say, one of the scenes of the chosen, mm -hmm. we'd all go to our knees. Right. We um, knew who he truly was and right. believed fully and understood fully. Right. We we would we would buckle. Yeah. We it would just be an immediate um, lowering of ourselves and lowering of our head, lowering of our eyes, and that's the stance. You know, when I go and kneel to receive. I am lowering myself in love, in devotion, um, please God in humility before my Lord. You know, it's uh, funny. I remember Cardinal Lorenzi was head of the Congregation for Divine Worship. And he said, if it's really the Lord, why won't you crawl in his Nigerian accent with all this energy? Why wouldn't you go on your knees? Why wouldn't you crawl? You know, I just love that guy. Well, here's what's cool about this is, you and I have opinions, but what does the church teach? Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it to you. It's from the document Memoriali Domini, which most people haven't read, unfortunately, who have ideas about all of this. Uh, and they um, throw around a lot of ideas and opinions, but this document has a lot of clarity in it. Here's what it says. A deeper humility was felt to be demanded when receiving this, when receiving the Eucharist. Thus, the custom was established of the minister placing a particle of consecrated bread on the tongue of the communicant. So, Memorial Domini was the document that allowed for a communion on, in the hand standing, which is fascinating. The, but it, uh, the document itself argues explicitly that it is more humble. So, this isn't my opinion 
or even your opinion, though the, the our opinions are in keeping with church teaching, it's the, the opinion of the church in this official document from Paul VI that uh, there was development of practice because of this sense of the reality of what's really going on. And so it says there was a deeper humility was needed and thus uh, it was instituted that uh, uh, folks should kneel and um, receive the Lord that way. Mm -hmm. So it's official church document do doctrine, which is very cool. Uh, so let me just read. The, if the church teaches you can receive it, how can you say a person is more reverent or humble? So we're not saying that. We're the church says that mm -hmm. it it's humbling is lowering, right? So standing is the full heart height of a person. When you kneel, you cut your height in half. That's a, an act of humility, um, and hopefully your internal humility is matched with what you're doing externally. Right. But it's humble. So. That's, yeah, and certainly you hope in time that it it then affects the heart, yeah. right? But I think the first thing is overcoming yourself. Yeah, basically getting over yourself to kneel, to make the commitment to kneel, and as you do, um, then it starts to affect your interior. I I have a directee. We just had this conversation um, a couple of days ago, and it was really fascinating because she could not kneel. She would think about it. And when it came to that moment, something like she's like, I can't do this. I can't. She couldn't overcome herself mm -hmm. to kneel. And so she finally in prayer and listen, I have not convinced imposed her. Yeah. I have not imposed it. I, I never do that. I just leave it totally to the free will of the person. In fact, we had never had a conversation about it. I didn't even know she was struggling with it until a couple of days ago. And she said, I just want you to know that I prayed. And I said, Lord, if you want me to kneel, you have to give me the grace to kneel because I can't do it. Mm. And I, I just have to l let you do this. And, and so then she goes to mass and, and it was over the Christmas, um, over the Christmas season. And she goes to a parish that wasn't her own and something moved in her and she, or someone and she knelt and she was overwhelmed with the grace mm. It was absolutely beautiful mm. to her. She said, I, she said, and I just kept kneeling and I knelt and I knelt and I knelt. And she said, Stephanie, that didn't come from me. Mm. That came through a grace. From the Lord. And she said, Lord, I had so many consolations and so much, uh, just an outpouring of the Lord from just kneeling before him in mass. He made it possible for her. Awesome. So Awesome. Uh, next question, I think we can do this before the break. If not, we'll answer it after the break. Why do you insist <laughs> why do you insist that a person is more spiritually mature if they receive the Eucharist kneeling on the tongue? So I don't. This is so uh, a doctor of the church does, which is Teresa of Avila uh, actually teaches that the more mature a person is spiritually, the more reverent they are. So uh, to kind of give the corollary to that, the less cavalier they are, the less uh, informal they are, the more formal, because formality is a sign of reverence. Whenever, you know, when you look at like the most important funerals, like Queen Elizabeth's or St. John Paul II or Pope Benedict's, there is a huge amount of formality around it. And in, a, and in terms of how people comport themselves, how they look, how they move, 
because all of these movements and, and the way that we comport ourselves have to be oriented to the gravity of the moment that we're in. And Teresa of Avila teaches, a doctor of the church, that the more mature you are spiritually, the more you're deeply oriented to the gravity and the reality of the moment you're in. I'm, I'm, I'm of course, translating, but, but she, she did say that in the interior. Castle, um, so when we get back from the break, maybe you can uh, comment on that. But, but just to be clear, I'm not the one who made the assertion about Reverence Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, made the assertion. And frankly, I've never encountered people who are spiritually immature who take lightly the Eucharist. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they tend to be very mature spiritually the more they take it seriously, what's going on in the Eucharist. So we'll be right back from the break and continue our conversation about communion on the tongue and kneeling and the tradition of the church and what the church actually teaches about it. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today there is a growing need for well-formed solid spiritual directors in the church today the avila institute in collaboration with heart of christ spiritual direction program offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards god the program is grounded in ignatian and carmelite spirituality based on a catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles in the new evangelization this program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. We're talking about the interior life, the spiritual maturity, and how we receive the Eucharist. So did you have a comment about the before the break about the person who was, I think they're upset with me for insisting that a person is more mature spiritually if they receive kneeling and on the tongue. More reverently, you could say generally, which is that more accurate to Teresa's statement. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when you consider that your actions speak volumes about the importance or the reverence that you have for the activity that you are undertaking at the moment, right? If I come in with, you know, my clothes all wrinkled and uh, I'm popping gum and I show up in flip-flops and I go up and I reach for the Eucharist, my actions, my comportment, my dress, my behaviors speak to the irreverence that I have. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, same directee, same thing. She went to a number of different churches went into one church that she had high hopes for uh, because it was her grandmother's church and she hadn't been back since her funeral and people were eating. They were eating a snack before they went up to receive the Lord. They were looking at their cell phones. Wow. They were doing all the activities of the world within the liturgy. 
within the holy sacrifice of the mass. And it is a fact that you will never see that in a Latin mass parish. It's no. just a fact. But she was horrified. Of course. Absolutely horrified. And it spoke to the irreverence of the entire parish because it wasn't one person. It was a number of persons, right? So all those things speak to irreverence, yeah. right? So we're going to assume that they don't understand or they they don't hold the Lord to be in high regard, or they're not really serious, or or something, or they're oppressed. Who knows what it is, right? That speaks to how mature they are spiritually. Yeah. So spiritually mature does not say perfection. It does not say um, it doesn't say that they're bilocating. It right. doesn't claim that the person is a saint. What it says is that person has a disposition of heart that their actions convey that they have some sort of understanding of whom they are about to kneel in front of or be or receive, and, and or... receive and whose presence they're in and that they believe that that is truly the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord, mm. not that it is simply a symbol. Mm. Well said. So I think this question was, was written by the same person because it feels a little bit irritable. <laughs> how can you say, how dare you? <laughs> doesn't say that. How can you say that one approach to receiving the Eucharist is better than another when the church allows for both? So and this is another instance where I, I can say, I don't say that. I only repeat the church's teaching on that. Same document, Moriali Domini. Let me read you a little section of it. Further, the practice, which must be considered traditional, which is kneeling in on the tongue, ensures more effectively that Holy Communion is distributed with the proper respect, decorum, and dignity. So, I mean, how do, does it have to be any more clear than that? Yeah. The church itself says that the traditional approach is more respectful Um has more decorum and more dignity. So I'm going to, I'm going to leap into these waters because it is what is right in the forefront of my mind as you speak about okay. this. So at, at the forefront of this, we are talking about reverencing the Lord, worshiping the Lord, uh, receiving the Lord in a manner that is dignified mm -hmm. and protecting the Lord mm -hmm. from being desecrated, protecting right. the Lord from being desecrated. We recently found out by a dear soul mm -hmm. who used to be a Satanist, converted on their own journey of healing and deliverance, working with a team just really working hard to rectify the horrors of what was both imposed on them by their family, by generational issues mm -hmm. and their own choices later in life through ignorance, right? Yeah. Who's really on the path to try to... Beautiful soul, by the way. Right. That's what yeah. I said. You know, yeah. beautiful soul, really working hard, right? But this person shared with us that there is a contraption that Satanists use in their mouth. Yeah. And it is, it can be seen if they open their mouth. Mm -hmm. So they stick it in their mouth and then they go up and they receive in their hand. Mm 
they take the Lord, step away from the priest, and slip the Lord into the contraption in their mouth, which which then encapsulates the Lord and, and protects it from the saliva. They close their mouth, they go back and, and they sit down, and then when they leave, they can remove that contraption from their mouth, remove the Lord from it, wholly intact, not not broken down by saliva, and then they can use it in black mass yeah. to profane the Lord, right? Insane. That can't happen if we go up and receive the Lord on the tongue so because the priest would see it in their mouth. You know what's great about you? What? Like I do all the formal study and you just kind of live on intuition and you do some formal study, but I do it more. But you, what you just said is the official teaching of the church. Right. So let me read to you the actual words, which follow on exactly what I said. And you didn't know I was going to read any of this before the no, show today. I didn't, I didn't even know what the topic was okay. going to be today. So, so it says, the traditional practice ensures more effectively that Holy Communion is distributed with the proper respect, decorum, and dignity. It removes the danger of profanation of the sacred species in which the unique way of Christ of God and man is present, the whole entire substance, substantially and continually. Lastly, it ensures the dignity. Well, I won't keep going on because that's another. But the formal church teaching says that communion on the tongue, kneeling, removes the danger of profanation. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly somebody can have a dry mouth. There's, there's some rip. But listen, people, people, the way it's stolen isn't by people who put it on their tongue. The way the Eucharist is stolen is by people who can, who use their fingers to somehow either hide it in their hand or put it in one of those devices. Or stick it in Satan's, a pocket or, or whatever. Pocket. Right. And here's the thing to me, like if you knew that you were eating at a restaurant, for instance, that was part of a child trafficking network, right? And you discovered it one day. You, there were little weird things that would happen. You'd see a lot of kids with adults and in distress. But one day you saw something in the back, you know, through the little slats into the back room that shocked you and you discovered it. And then you started looking around and realized, oh, this place is a child trafficking hub. Would you keep going back to that restaurant and giving them money? There's no way anybody would do that who's moral and ethical. Mm -hmm. How is it that we can comfortably distribute communion? in a way that leads to the profanation of God himself, to the desecration of the Lord himself, who makes himself so vulnerable. How, can you, how could you do that knowing that this possibility could occur? Right, right. I just don't think, yeah, I just don't think we think like that. So your intuition is exactly what the church teaches. So let, let me look at this question again and see that we got it. How can you say that one approach is better? Yeah, so it's because the church says it. Memoriali Domini, if you haven't read it. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> this, these questions are so good. People are so irritated and it's obvious. Are you serious when you assert that communion on the tongue standing is fruit, a fruit of disobedience? How can you say that when the church approves it? So let's go to Memoriali Domini again. Um, let's see. Let me get to the section on that. And it says, in quotes, indeed, in certain communities and in certain places, this was in, I think, in Norway. Is that right? 
Jordan producer who studies this stuff. It was in Europe. Indeed, in certain communities and in certain places, this practice, which was communion in the hand standing, has been introduced without prior approval, having been requested of the Holy See, and at times without any attempt to prepare the faithful adequately. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? It was introduced before it was approved in disobedience. Right. And I, I think the confusion here is, you know, because people say, ah, you know, you're saying I'm being disobedient when I was raised to say, to think it was okay. Yeah. Now, frankly, I We're was raised saying, to think right. it was okay. We're not condemning people. I, I received in my hand yeah. until I was like, I don't know, in my 40s. Right. Because I didn't know any difference. Yeah. That's, we sang Kumbaya. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what I was raised on. You know, we were all just all happy, clappy Catholics, you know. And, and so I didn't know any difference. So at that point, was I disobedient? So people tend to hear that comment and they're applying it to the individual. Are there people who do this in, in disobedience? Of course. But what we're saying is, the the or the uh, origination of this practice happened in disobedience. It began in disobedience against seeking approval from the church and wasn't approved till later. So that's where that's talking about that. It does, and really, we're not speaking to the individual heart of an individual unless we know that to be true. We can't claim that somebody's in disobedience. Right. We cannot judge you know, the, the soul of a person, but we can look at an action and say, you know, in church history, this originated in disobedience. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's, it says it right in this document, uh, what's crazy. And it's not part of the questions uh, that we're going to get to today, but we'll do a second show um, out on spiritualdirection.com Facebook page once this show is complete. But um most there was a survey and it shows it in Memoriali Domini. I used to not believe this until I read the document, but the document itself says there was a survey of all the bishops of the world. Should we retain the traditional practice or should we not? And the vast majority said we should retain the traditional practice, mm -hmm. which is absolute. So the question is, well, why then did, did was it approved? I don't know, but I will say I think anyone who is really deeply converted and who really loves the Lord will, uh, I think, take these, read Memorial Domini, and I think you'll discover we've really got to do something to change this in the ordinary form, and we're out of time. Yeah, as we as we go out, share this with your priest, share it with others, Yeah, um, because most people don't know. Yeah, with respect, okay. and, you know, etc. Yeah. So, Okay, well, until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.